What's going on with dance and stuff? What's happening with dance and things? What's going on? What's happening? What's going on with dance and stuff? I haven't seen you in forever. I know. It's been at least more than a week. It's been more than a week, which is not... It's not usual for us because generally I see you almost... It was like I was seeing you... (sighs) Twice a week. Almost every other day, right. it seemed like. Well, we were... I don't remember why But now it's the fall. But we were... We have jobs. Oh, honey. And I am... It's like, gone, girl. You're teaching. I have my residency. Yeah. I have my moving. Mm-hmm. My moving, Jack. I'm moving. Wait, you're not done with that? That's still no. going on? Oh, well, moving? all my stuff is there now. That's the latest development. Have you slept there? Yeah, several times. Oh, what's it like? Is it quiet? Very. That's nice. Yeah, it's garden facing. I can't wait. I'm going to see it really soon because that's where we're recording with Pam. Yeah, next episode. Um, yeah, Saturday was the day. Today is October 6th. We were told <laughs> yeah. to say that. It's yeah, October yeah. 6th today. It's today October is the future. 6th today. Um, the future, just like Beth Gill's work. So we. It's come on in a moment. Saturday was the day, mm. the night after I saw it, the morning after I'd seen Beth Gill's piece, and we got one of those, like, huge passenger vans, the kind that, like, Judge Arpaio could round up, like, a dozen Mexican immigrants into, you know what I mean? Like, that big. And then we we put all my stuff into it, but we got it at 7 in the morning, and I really wasn't done packing, because I've uh-huh. been doing the kind of packing where you open up each notebook and you tear out pages you don't want. I know, like, you crazy. really, yeah. Well, we so, both pack in an insane way. Right, so at the last strokes. moment, I wasn't done yet, so basically never it was done like, when the band's there. take down the complete boxes and then just swipe countertops into Ikea bags. <laughs> yes, you know? that's my favorite. It's crazy. Thing. I love that. Like, I packed oh, my bathroom in 20 seconds, oh. which is bad. Oh, I love that. That's my kind of But then unpacking it was fun, because I was like, I don't need that, and I don't need that. And, and then you just that. throw it away when you get there. Yeah. So no big deal. Good. But but it was a real, a lot of physical exertion to get uh-huh. it down the stairs, uh-huh. in the car, uh-huh. out of the car, And you guys stairs. did it yourself. You did it with... Yes, you and, and you know what? Together. Between 7 a.m. and noon, uh-huh. was done. When Jeremy and I moved but, into here, we like got a U-Haul, we moved everything, but we moved like his stuff out of his where he was living, my stuff out of where I was living and into here. We did it all ourselves. I'll never do it again. I literally, I was sore for no. days and also the stairs in here are hell. And then I, um, I was so depressed. I wanted to die. I'm still sore. I wanted sore. to die doing it. I had to lay on the floor at the Center for Ballet and the Arts today and do some twists. That, well, that's probably more than a lot of other people are doing there. <laughs> so Sometimes I just sleep. Yeah, that's probably more than a lot of what other people are doing there. <laughs> we had this crazy meeting at Center for Ballet and the Arts this week uh, where we say were... Say it one more time. Center for Ballet, Ballet and the Arts. Every, where we were being... We were being... It's a, a really quick pause. A friend of mine used to be like... Uh, I'm, I was doing some work for gay men's health crisis. Gay men's health crisis. Mm. And every time he would say it, he'd like repeat it again a few more times. <laughs> really make me laugh. Gay men's health crisis. Gay, gay men's, men's health, health crisis. crisis. Okay. We were being introduced to our new fellow who just arrived this mm-hmm. week. Who is Al- it? Alma. I don't know her last name. She's an. Uh-huh. It's many, very established. I'd say they're seniors. It's uh-huh. AARP range of work, of work, fellows. Work. Many of them. Uh-huh. I should apply. Yeah, absolutely. AARP. So this week you know we got me. we had to reintroduce all of our projects, uh-huh. which was crazy. And Jennifer Hammonds was there, and I have her book. Right? Harriet okay. and I, Apollo's Angels. Uh-huh. Harriet and I had to reintroduce our project, and then we were asked a million questions about it because I'm under the assumption now that Jennifer doesn't know what our project is or did, didn't know what did it was. She pick you. Who well, you? somebody chose us. Uh-huh. But anyways, we were basically like, oh, we're making this nutcracker from the perspective of the designers as opposed to the choreographer. And she was like, well, so will there be dance? And we were like, no. She was like, so then 
who's going to dance it? We were like, nobody. nobody. And <laughs> she was like, so then like, is it for a company? No. It was, oh. and it was on and off. Oh. And many of I the older this. people, Wait, they keep, were confused. Keep going. You do another question that she asks. You be Jennifer and I'll be you. So who's going to be choreographing it? No one. <laughs> that's so fun I love it so then we were like I guess she didn't know what our project oh, was oh that's so fun um, and then were other people like um, so how many dancers do you think it'll be and you were like as many costumes as you <laughs> no but we did say that maybe you should do paper dolls just to help them I, out well we're gonna do drawings well then you can cut some of them out on like a nice what, that's true a little matte card stock give Jennifer like a bunch of paper dolls at the end and be like put them on some dental floss and have them dance <laughs> around honey you Call can choreograph it I'll choreograph it like a basil twist kind of way actually we're trying on, to get um, Pam dolls. to choreograph one of the sections for our lecture well, what about me no <laughs> <laughs> Why? I should totally. I could do sugar plum. I should do sugar plum. No. Um, you're wrong. Well, I mean, you could. Dun 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 It really dun, does dun, lend dun. itself to like witch hands and tiptoes. Yes, yes. Sugar plum fairy should have like the longest Lee press-ons that are like <laughs> super, and she should like stab yeah. into the air and magically come back with sugar plums on yeah. her nails. Someone once I was figured being, out. I was being coached on the sugar plum pot de for a guesting once years and years ago, mm-hmm. and the person coaching us was talking to the girl being sugar plum, and she was like. The, the beginning of this variation, you have to imagine you're stepping out onto lily pads. Oh. And I was like, yeah, oh, that's, like, that's exactly what it's like. I really thought you were going to say, at the beginning of this variation, you have to picture that you're stepping on baby's hands. Ding, 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 ding. Ow, ow, it ow, is ow, like ow. Gen- delicately. It, a, a gentle what have you. While we're on the subject of ballet... Should we talk about Ratmansky's? Oh yeah. Post because I yeah. had to. People tagged me on it, being like, "Jack Forever, what do you think?" And I was like, mm-hmm. "Leave me alone." Exactly. But then I was like, "Oh, you know what? I'll I'll just tag what's going on with dance and stuff under this <laughs> oh, clickbait, no. and then people can listen in." So I'll I'll well, that's nice. I'll post it up onto the the book of face, being like, "We'll discuss it this week." Can so, I describe the chain of events? Oh yeah, do you know something in the in the back yeah. channel? Do you want to pull up the I, quote on your phone? I assumed it was from um, the just instigated Justin by Peck. the Justin thing. I assumed right. it was instigated by Justin right. Peck being like that was my guess. I think I'm right. I think I you're right for the CIA. So several days ago, Justin let posted. Me look up, let me look up Justin Peck. Well, you don't have to announce it. Post. What do you mean? <laughs> that I'm looking up Justin right. Peck. What so several days ago, Justin made this post uh, regarding a piece he choreographed last year that's coming back, and he's changed around some of the casting so that some some of the male roles are now danced by women and vice versa, and basically was like, it's nice that we live in a time where things like this can happen. Yeah, he wrote and, a major part of the Times are racing. You can go to Justin underscore Peck. On Instagram. On Instagram and read the whole thing. And he said a major part of the times we're racing has been an exploration of gender neutrality to see how far we can push equality among the sexes through the lens of ballet. And so he goes on to write about, will debut uh, of our first male-male interpretation of the ballet's central pas de deux. Um, it's been very special to collaborate and monitor this new pulse of the duet, um, et cetera, et cetera. So he goes on and then is... is Wait, read the hashtag section or the part where it's basically like equality, this and that. Oh. 
Okay. Neutrality. I like that word. Oh, well, you would love neutrality. neutrality. You're aggressively neutral, as Justin <laughs> Pond likes to hashtag. Yes, and then he does, you know, wonderful uh, hashtags such as love is love, hashtag gender neutral, hashtag equality, hashtag diversity, hashtag beauty, hashtag pride, hashtag proud. Right, okay, so, but this is a dance in sneakers. I'm going to qualify it with that uh-huh. just because it does make a little bit of a difference when then you go to a few days later and Alexei Ratmansky has posted a photograph, a photoshopped picture of a ballerina in a tutu holding a pressage lifting a, a ballet dancer man. Uh, and it's a ridiculous looking photo. It's cheap and garbage. I don't even think that Alexei's on Instagram, but he's, he's on sh- Facebook. She's sure on so Facebook. He then puts his post up unprompted seemingly and just uh-huh. basically says, do you uh, have that pulled up? I'm pulling We're going to do the quote because I don't want to misquote him. I'm pulling it up. It's, it was, he, he, uh, he dropped this hydrogen bomb on, uh, <laughs> on Sunday, which is... And it's all underscored, so it begins lowercase. Sorry, comma, there's no such thing as equality in ballet, colon. Women dance on point, which he could have put on point, but he just put on point. Men lift and support women, period. This is all, like, no caps. Women receive flowers, men escort women off stage. Not the other way around, and then in parentheses. I know there are a couple of exceptions, period. And I'm very comfortable with that. Something things. Why wanna... the qualifier at the end? What is that about? Just so like people don't yell it. I it's it's strange. He's like qualifier? this is what I feel, but I know sometimes it's different, and that's okay. Oh no, he doesn't say. He doesn't say that I'm comfortable with that. There's a period after that, and he goes, and I'm very comfortable with that. Meaning there's no equality in ballet. Oh, that's what he's. I got it. 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 Like this is how it reads. See, there's the period. No, I got it. Sentence I see now. referencing the whole thing. It's all. I'm always a little bummed when people just can't seem to hit a cap on when they're going to capitalize. <laughs> no time. No time I, when you have, when you're so angry. I guess. But what's interesting is that then he has plenty of time to respond to. Oh, like, endlessly. All day long. Anybody who like comes for him. All, you know, Even like. Katie, I love the Katie Pye one, which was. I like that Katie Pyle engages in this conversation because she's definitely a part of it. Uh-huh. I don't necessarily. I don't know that her post was very thorough, but I I, I appreciated that she was like I'm also going to um, put in my two cents uh, with emotion since you so clearly right. feel like you get to put in your two cents with emotion, whatever. Right. I can't. There's too many people have written. I think that here. everyone from Matthew Ashley Bowder had to... some interesting things to say, which was good. And uh-huh. and anyways, on and on. Uh-huh. I. Alexei Romansky has choreographed several dances that I think are great masterworks of the 21st century and will always be. And that is something that we can't necessarily take away from him. I'm not looking to take anything away from him. And I'm definitely, by bringing this up, not looking to take anything away from him. What did you say in that text about him? Um, To me? I think I said something about, is this... Was it about Justin? No, no, you basically said, like, he's over, or, like... No, no, I said the way it reads, because of Justin's post coming out, and... and, um, I don't know, you put it somewhere. (laughs) It can't be too far from you, I just saw it, and you're... Maybe it's in my crotch. Oh, that's always where it is when I can't find it. There it is, just jammed (laughs) up there. Um, I said it felt like grabbing at straws on your way out. And it uh, oh, on your way out. That's because, right. Because and I know that you know he's not going anywhere. I mean, he did say to Katie, like, "I'll die. Ballet will live on and on." Um, how? What kind of legacy are you intending on leaving? And how are you engaging with 
the contemporary world and people younger than you. Mm-hmm. So what's what was interesting to me and, and just sort of funny about the whole thing was Justin, who is clearly ascending uh-huh. a star, um, doing, you know, having this post and, and it really coming from a thing that was contemporary and about love and also had a broader view mm-hmm. uh, in terms of the world and what great art can do which is actually be something for the world, not mm-hmm. just a subscription audience, mm-hmm. um, to then see a kind of response that felt so... It felt really unfortunate to me. Right. Um, small, for sure. And also, it felt unfortunate because um, Alexi is someone who has a lot of power. Yeah. And a lot of people look to who is in a, in a position to actually... Um, I think, make great change. And it felt very clear that that is not something he's interested in. I know, in. it's really a disappointment because, yes, he's a person in a position of power. Not only that, there are many people in the ballet world in positions of power who are not skilled. Mm. And he is mm. masterful in his skill. Can be. Is. That goes without it saying. It doesn't happen sometimes, is what you're saying, then? Even in a work that you might not like, there's still that mastery. you didn't like. Like whipped cream. Yeah, but there's still mastery of the skill inside of that work. Okay. Right. Okay, sure. So he I... doesn't ever make dances where you're like, wow, who's this garbage person? Every time he makes a dance, you're like, oh, like choreographically, there's something to really try to understand or there's something really skillful about that. I can't think of an exception to that. So can I say masterful? Sure. Yeah. Would I say contemporary to some of the works I've seen no. and that have even happened in the last four years? No. Right. I certainly wouldn't. And and in terms of if I'm to look at people post-Balanchine, I, like, several down the list for me. Like, I would definitely put, like, Forsyth and Peck ahead. But I mean, I feel like each of them have their own paths inside Absolutely. of like this world of ballet choreography. So sure. to compare Forsyth to Romanski is like comparing roast beef to a fresh pear. It's just like they're Ugh, not I'll take I'll take whatever Forsyth is. If Forsyth was the roast beef for the pear, whichever one it is, I'll eat that. Well, regardless, <laughs> they're both food and they're both good and you know I don't I don't know what else to say about it. It's just a big disappointment and I and it doesn't seem like he's the kind of person who's going to see it another way. Oh no. You can't have a conversation with him about this because no. he continues to do this and assert his view that like that women have a place and men have a place and sure. it's specific and there's no other way to see this. Oh honey, the fragility of the straight white male ego is has been it is on a national stage. So it's not I find it neither surprising nor extraordinary. I mean, the thing to me when, were people being so shocked under the post. Right. I was like, "Have how much of his work have you seen? Because if you've seen the work, this isn't shocking. Right. Like, have I seen some things that seemed kind of gay? Yeah, but it's also because it's belly. It was funny. I told I told Joshua Lubin Levy about it, and he was like, "Oh, you should post under it." Um, that's right, and. Uh, uh, May, and men in ballet walk off stage and such suck each other's dicks, and women <laughs> um, push each other in the hallway and like throw their toe shoes across the floor, and you know go on and on with like all the cliches right. imaginable. Because if you if you like want to talk about cliche, if you want to be like, I guess um, not inventive, then that's fine. That's easy. I think that is for me when I hear. 
mastery, I can say, okay, sure, inside of a form that isn't perhaps then looking to anything outside of itself, mm. and that's okay. I And you and I, have, as we have talked about every almost every episode, come to art, I think, in very different ways, and that I want it for something larger than just itself. Mm-hmm. And so if ballet wants in the specific way to really just deal with court dances and having it just be for the king, then good luck. But on a positive note, we I went to the fashion gala this week <laughs> at New York City Ballet and Justin Peck essentially made another great masterwork of the 21st century. Fulcinella. I I was stunned. And I mean, seeing it tonight. I've seen many of Justin's pieces, and this one was like a really a revelation, like in terms of his trajectory, where he was like, "Oh, I'm going to revisit. I'm going to re look at maybe not revisit, but look at the work from the past, mm-hmm. and just like and distill it into something new, and look at it through my own lens, which is exactly what Stravinsky was doing when he was writing the score to Pulcinella." Mm-hmm. And so he just used that as a model when making this work. And it's astonishing. Like the rigor and the clarity and the beauty. It's, I, I can't wait for you to see it. It's unbelievable. And the costumes are so fun. It's right. just. And Which we re- you suggested. We recommended her. Yeah. What a thrill. Yeah. It all worked out. I heard it got a great review. I didn't read or, it. Across the board. Right. Because wait, it's... what else happened? I've been going to the dentist. How's that been? Well, I've been going to NYU. Scary. It's not at all, but oh, it's time-consuming because mm-hmm. generally when you go to the dentist, it's just like they look at your teeth and then they fix the problems. But this is a time commitment because basically that, they, before they even fix anything, you have to have three two-hour visits. Jesus. So the first visit is a consultation where they talk about your health and tooth history. The second visit is like a gum and tooth exam. and some, And then the third exhibit is like, exhibit the third visit is like a cleaning and x-rays or something Mm -hmm. and i've done my three visits now i did two of them in a row and they didn't even get to the cleaning because of like they have to check in with their professors every step of the way Mm -hmm. and so a lot of the time you're just sitting there like what so i've now been going to the dentist my dentist her name shifty i've been going to her for that's also terrifying for six hours and i haven't even i haven't had my teeth cleaned well, also, the hygienist who was going to clean my teeth was going over her findings with the professor, and then the professor looked at my mouth, and she kept saying, uh, between tooth number 12 and 13, there's the level one calculus, and then tooth number this and that, there's a little bit of calculus, and finally I was like, what is calculus? And she was like, it's like, um, Build up. like hardened plaque, yeah. that's sort of like... And apparently my hygiene is very good, so they're not worried about me. And they're like, only use a soft toothbrush and oh, this wow. and that. And Why? They think you're going to scratch your enamel off? Because I guess like you can push your gums away from the teeth or something mm. with a hard toothbrush. I love a hard toothbrush. But I also I know, love like feel good. brushing my entire body with like a hard you brush. You do. You like so. that. Um, uh, that is gum that... is driving me nuts. Oh, I'll take it out now. Let's, let's put it on the put table. On this cup right there. Um, so let's see. Well, before I talk about Beth Gill's show, I saw this amazing movie that you have to watch on Netflix called Chloe with Julianne Moore. Is it and only on Netflix? It's on Netflix, and it came out in two thousand nine, and it's basically um, a stalker lesbian film oh. with her and Amanda Seyfried, who uh-huh. is a prostitute 
who um, Julianne Moore hires to see if she can tempt Liam Neeson, who's oh. Julianne Moore's husband, Those are all into sleeping people I with like. her. And there is a lesbian sex scene in it that blew me away with Julianne and Amanda Seyfried. Wow, they're brave. Like a mirror kissing, like Amanda's like hand in between Julianne's thighs, like mm. cameras like right on it, like it's Julianne's body, Julianne's nipples, mm-hmm. like the whole thing happening. Them like, you know, acting as if they're having orgasms. Do you remember when Julianne had sex with Mark Ruffalo and the kids are all right? I didn't watch that movie. Uh, it's Would really I like good. it? Well, he's just kind of everything. Oh, I love Mark Ruffalo. Oh, yeah. Yeah, he's really sexy. <laughs> what else did I see? Did I watch anything else? It was really good. Oh, and I watched Annabelle Creation. Which is a full moon? No. Jeremy, look. Is it a full moon? It's very round. Those are the movies. I saw Annabelle Creation, which is about a doll that that, like it's a doll that like a demon gets in and she terrorizes these like ten to sixteen year old girls in an abandoned house somewhere. And it was really fun. But like what's sad about it is the girl you think's gonna be okay because she's crippled by polio ends up being the victim, like mm-hmm. tortured and by, that's it, like a 12 year old, just like it's crippled. It's over then it's over? Uh, she loses her soul. This is, sounds awful. Well, it's, you know, about the world. I'll watch Chloe. Chloe, you should definitely watch. She really, I watched it twice. Wow. Like I watched it and I was like, Jeremy, you have to see this. And then it just like floated on into our house. Do it's you know, really. Do you know what I've been watching? What? What's it called? Yeah. What's that show called? Seems that's about right. Transparent? Called, the new one? No. Oh, I have been watching that a little bit. Uh-huh. Um, Riverdale. Oh, wow. It's I just, just a garbage TV show. Which is... Is there a gay character on it? Yeah. Who, the boy who's like really broody? No. On the poster... That's Jughead. On the poster, there's this boy who's like giving you the most drama queen face uh-uh. I've ever seen. So I assumed Jughead. he was the gay one. Well, it's the characters from Archie. Mm-hmm. It's the Archie people but I involved in this like extreme murder soap opera <laughs> and molly fun. ringwald and luke perry oh. play archie's parents oh, that's fun and archie's this like very good looking redhead. redhead i don't know if it's Die. real but i mean it could be it's a good uh-huh. dye job uh-huh. and then he has like this really extreme scar between his eyebrows horizontally which is nice from when he was like almost killed or something no it's real show. oh it's a it's real, real. Scar. it's a real oh. scar I don't think that scar is on the poster because I just walked by the poster oh, today and I did the thing you do when you're waiting for the subway, which is I looked at their faces and tried, and to, tried do to do them make myself. all of them. Yes. My it favorite. Helped, it helped pass the time for a little sure. bit while I waited for the G. Um, I did a trick on the train today too, where what? I got down into the not a trick. You know what I mean? I got down into the L to come to you, and it was like there was so many people on the platform at Union Square that it was going to the other platform. You know, like the people were mm. packed all the way to the other side. So I, I was like, like well, I'm not going to do this. So I just got on the train going the other way uh-huh. and I went to 8th Avenue. Uh-huh. And, and then I just... got on that. No, I, that, that train was the next train to go back. So I just stayed uh-huh. on it. And then you got to sit. I didn't. Because a lot of... Several other people had the same idea. But at least... I didn't have to push in and have that feeling of anxiety. God, uh, New York, just Disgusting. pull it together. I know. MTA, pull it together. There's a girl on Riverdale who I think you'd love. Is she's she a, evil? Yeah, and she's yeah. a terrible actress, but she has a oh, ma- really, really, really long red hair, and she's mm-hmm. kind of gorgeous, but in this like super washed out way, but she always has like kind of dark lips and eyes. Do you eye know makeup. any of the lines that she has? Can you remember anything that she said? Oh, she said something really stupid the other day. <laughs> 
But she always is saying things like, Oh, hello, Veronica. Yeah. Your mother is a cunt, but not no. like, not that mean. Oh, I would have lived if it's the WP, right? Uh huh. She can't Can you say imagine. That word. But like, it's hey, Veronica, your mom's a cunt. On it's the along WB. those that lines. Be, that'd be, it's definitely that. That'd be enclave. Um, what else has happened? I mean, national politics. Oh, boy. Um, just wow. Just that's. I mean, everyone. Everyone who listens to this, I'm sure, has seen it all. So, what can we say? What else can we say between? What did Kirsten say? Oh, well, I guess we can't. Did he say anything about that UN thing? He's not really involved in the like uh-huh. actual gathering of people. I mean, I understand. Like, I read the statement of why the vote was cast that way. What vote? So the Nikki Haley oh, was right. our representative mm-hmm. to the UN. All they were trying to ban the UN. The Human Rights Council put forward this thing of banning the death penalty for homosexuality, adultery. <laughs> blasphemy, mm-hmm. stuff like mm-hmm. that. Um, every, almost every major, like all European countries, all of that were like, absolutely. And then Iraq, Saudi Arabia, China, Japan, uh, some places in Africa, uh, and you know, America was like, no, let's keep it. Astonishing. So... I really like... It was... <laughs> You know, it's ridiculous. We America was one of thirteen countries that voted for it, while twenty seven other countries were like, "Are you crazy?" Right. And what Excuse our me. State Department put forward was, well, it was just that it would seem like it was going to take away the death penalty, en general, and we love the death penalty. Disgusting. We need it in our country. We do. Oh, that's what the State Department said. Right. We also need automatic weapons. Um. Yeah. Very, it's really very important. I just I it. It's it's gotten to this place now where I don't have push on my phone for news, and yet somehow it comes through. It comes like I woke <laughs> up on Monday, and it's like That's fifty dead, at least right. five hundred wounded, uh, and you're like, "How is this happening?" Yeah, and while well, I'm like, "Oh, I got to get on the train and go and teach these kids," and the kids are coming into class like glazed, like. What? When Why are we, we were teenagers, do you remember being affected by politics at all, or affected by national news? Oh well, also we—it just was this stuff like this wasn't happening when we were That's teenagers. True. There wasn't like there weren't mass there shootings. weren't mass shootings going on. Like there hadn't this been a when, school shooting. No, I mean the fact that Sandy Hook happened, and still it was like we need those guns. It's like when we were when we were at Interlochen, there weren't mass shootings. People who believe in having guns must think that like we, that must think that we, as people who are not gun owners, like don't understand. Like we are, we don't have a full understanding of why it is that people should have guns. Right. And all I can say is that, like, with time and with progress like things change right we can't abide by laws that existed during like the wild west pioneering days of america when people not to mention that like back then there weren't machine guns right and these semi-automatic rifles i mean the fact that like this was that he had 10 was machine gun also like the fact that he was some like like millionaire real estate developer some older white guy rich real estate developer which to just Thank spin God. it back to the fragility of the straight white male ego. Right. I just, it is why when, like, someone pushes another one of these, like, totally basic, categorical, 
things forward. I mean, to I, I truly don't give a shit about this ballet conversation in terms of global right. politics. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. But to tie it into any sort of like, is anyone growing up? Right. Or is this all just you know that I this piece of shit of people being a piece of right. shit. And meanwhile, he has an arsenal of guns and like nobody blinks. No. And then like someone can have like tan skin and they're being monitored. Oh yeah. By the government. It's, oh, yeah. it's wild. It is it's wild. It is, it is a real like arms thrown forward, full wildness. Should we talk about Beth's show before she gets here? Yeah, she would like that. So she doesn't have to be present while we go through it. We'll, you know, we'll cut some of the stuff when we're talking about Rob Monsky out so that this isn't endless. Um, talk about that. Whatever, <laughs> she can deal and I'll help her edit it out. Because I listen to it and then I'm like, cut from this to this. Um, Beth's piece, oh man. Like, I really, and I was thinking about it, I was like, I think it's my favorite thing I've seen since Catacomb. Oh. And it's really, I, for me to want to dance for anybody has never happened. And I, while watching it, had like under a minute, but still I thought it, I was like, I'm going to ask Beth to be wow. in a piece. And then I was like, what am I, what am I, I'm not going to do that. Um, the beginning of this work of watching this body, here's some things I'm going to say about Beth and, and as in contemporary dance, cause it is not old dance, it's not modern dance, it's contemporary, and it's it's almost the future. Mm-hmm. Watching her use of time, mm-hmm. of gravity, of the of the gesture between the quotidian and the iconic, while watching it, I, I truly felt this is the closest anyone has come to impacting this generation with how I imagine Lamentation impacted that generation. The use of mm. fabric to change one's body from a body to sculpture. Mm-hmm. And that she used at, in the first solo uh, clothes that you would find or, you know, that aren't out of the scope right. of something. I mean, they were made, but they weren't like the next, the duet that's going to be part two of right. where they're in the sort of more space costumes. Mm-hmm was the opening so like it was incredible it is a it is a masterwork the whole thing and then into the duet of them of these these two dancers watching these uh uh ralph lemon called them the black twins i mean that that the second section was when i started to be like what's happening because these two dancers were doing something that seemed absolutely impossible it was a kind of like beauty and accuracy and perfection that you don't see a lot today in dance, especially in our world of dance, because it doesn't seem like... When you say like, our world, do you mean contemporary? Well, like also like poor dance. Right. Downtown. There's, there's not a lot of money. There's not a lot Correct. of time. Correct. But this seemed like a work of such extreme rigor. rigor and yeah. then also like aesthetic beauty. It yeah. was like, where is this coming from? And I mean, actually, it makes a lot of sense. Where is it coming from? It's coming from Beth. And we've right. seen it in the trajectory of her work. Yep. And this just felt like a, an absolutely perfect expression of what she's been attempting to do. Yeah. And they were, I mean, that was sensational. And then to move into the section of Maggie, the mummy Maggie, like coming 
undone. Maggie Cloud coming out just cut like rolled in all of this tool, tool which ends up looking like gauze from where it was, and it falling off of her like flakes of skin, or like like oh gosh, like sort of almost feathers molting, and then there's a section where she her whole body is curved into this one focused light, and her hands shook and that. Fell. I oh my have, god. I have never that literally felt I know you haven't watched the new Twin Peaks by David Lynch but or I don't know how much David Lynch you've seen but the way in which sometimes he'll I wish people could see what I'm doing but they can't that blur the the focus of the lens in this mm. way that makes that feels very familiar to when you've had a, a head rush or right. extreme panic or when you get that ringing in your ears. Mm. When I read the UN thing, I had this like sharp pain in my ear <laughs> and I thought of Beth's piece, of Maggie seated on the floor, scooped back, and her hands trembling in this static spot that were but shaking at this right. extreme tension that my, my eye, my focus changed. Right. It is, and the miming that Maggie did at the end of picking up things oh, yeah. on the other side of the stage. So all of the the that's tool really comes special. off and that's sort of more stage right. And then she picked up invisible things stage left right. and kind of bundled them up and then just dropped her arms. For all of its extreme abstractness, there's something very human and like very psychological yeah, and it's emotive. It's really extraordinary. It was I it was a work and I said this to Beth after I said this is a work I wish Everyone could see. I didn't have the thought of wanting to be in it. I definitely had costume designer envy because I was like, Bailey Yonkman has really... She's She's an incredible amazing. partnership with Beth. The work they do together. Well, yeah. the work Bailey does for her is incredible. Yeah. Gorgeous. Incredible. And like stuff that I couldn't really do. There's something kind of... Um, what is that word? Where it's like... Not... Oh, God. What is that word? Um, I can't think of it. What's that word, Jack? It's like not the. I, I mean, section two was incredibly polished, but section three three was kind of like mm, falling apart. That's not the word. Anyways, it I'll was, think of it later. It, well, the fact that the fabric scatters mm. and that we're also dealing Dude. with a shattering. Qual- I mean, I've been thinking of the word shattering so mm. much lately. Deconstructed. Mm-hmm. Hi, I did it. Okay, we're. <laughs> <laughs> So then, at any rate, it was a fantastic piece. I loved it. The you music, loved it. The John, music is phenomenal. John Moniaki, the lighting. I the don't lighting, know. I can't uh, think of the guy. The floor did. changing. Oh, so good. The, the, the floor change. In the second part, when they they started skipping, I like started to cry uncontrollably. Should we not tell Beth we liked it? <laughs> well, Beth already knows that I, I loved know. it because I you posted about it, and then I posted about it, and she told Gideon I'm basically doing her social media. I think your cabbage smells really good. Well, we're gonna eat it in a moment. Can I eat it? Yeah, we're all gonna eat dinner. So when we come back, we'll be here with Beth Gill. We'll we'll have eaten. We'll be with Beth, and we'll get to talk <laughs> about how she created truly what I believe is one of the masterworks. Uh, that we have seen in recent years. And all this in a cloud of cabbage fart. (laughs) I feel like you... you, I want one. 
This is. I'm not... gonna put it out there. Give me one. <laughs> I, I, yeah, I want a MacArthur. I want. I want a MacArthur. I want Rita to get a MacArthur, and I want Beth to get a MacArthur. So wait, are we recording already? Okay, great. Beth's eating a pizza. Beth Gill's here. <laughs> Hi. Hi! I love it. Oh, it's gonna be so this fun. This is it. We're just doing this it. This is it. We're it's just... nothing more than this. It's. <laughs> <laughs> it's really true. It's nothing more than this. Wait, but I gotta tell you. Uh, tell me everything. Yesterday, I got the beginning of getting an implant to fill. Oh, my you're doing it. You're your gap. You're gonna do it. I know. What does you that mean? Do it I've been going to the dentist. I was completely freaked. I was not planning. I was completely freaked out. I was in the chair. Were you gonna get done NYU like Reed? No. Okay. Why do you have? A, do you, are you missing two too? Well, I mean, I have a crown, and then I have one that's put. It's not why I'm going to the dentist. I'm just going to the dentist for maintenance. I haven't been to the dentist since 2010, so I gotta go. How do you feel go. about NYU? Well, it's been a real drag so yeah. far, but yeah. it doesn't cost any. It doesn't cost anything. Right. With, yeah. I, I paid thirty dollars, so I'm okay. Do you have healthcare, Beth? I have healthcare too. I do. But like, like not for dental like, reasons. Yeah. Uh, but I don't have Medicaid. I have Obamacare. But I have. I wish Obamacare I had Medicaid. Is oh my God. Medicaid. What? It's not. <laughs> but anyway, you. So you got. You're getting your implant. Yeah. It's like. They, oh, you they see. Drilled. You have a post. Let me see. They drilled. Oh, cool. Ugh, oh my God. So you guys, Beth has a gap, which is the tooth. Pretty much right in the front. Of yeah, my on the right face, side so. of her right when side of her tooth front tooth. Never. I wasn't born with it. Are you Where? serious? And you'll love this. Neither was my mom or her mom. <gasps> Witches! Witches! Yes! <laughs> Do they have implants? <laughs> it's full no, witch. theirs wasn't in the same place. Like, they're missing one tooth somewhere, uh-huh. but it kind so, of moves But around. not, like, right in the front. Not so right wait, front. so that's just been gone, like, since you were a teenager? Yeah, when my parents made me get braces, this is the best interview I've ever been on. <laughs> well, it's, you know, what's so going good. with dance and stuff. So, and we've already, like, talked about how we think you're a genius. Today, Philip, by the at the walker, eat your heart out. Oh, yeah. hey, Philip, if you're listening, give me a show there already. Today's yeah, about tea. Like, the fact that I haven't had a show at the walker, it really bums me out. <laughs> but it's listen, so oh, wait, so, okay, so okay, yesterday okay, yeah. is the okay, day you wait, got Wait, no, we're not there the yet. Post. Races. Oh. Right, so As I, a team, I want to talk about this right, with the like, tooth. Because I'm really like, the, what were your parents thinking not getting you a tooth when you were a teen and they had health care? Exactly. Hello? I feel the same way. I'm like, why did you let me take dance classes forever and ruin my life slash make my life great, but ruin my life? Yeah. And why didn't you get me a tooth? No right. Why didn't they, your parents get you a tooth? Have you ever asked them that? Um. Well, I know why. Because back then... Well, hold on. They wanted to let you decide. No, no, no. The issue was I didn't even know I was missing a tooth. We didn't know I was missing a tooth until I went to the orthodontist to get braces. And they did all of the x-rays. And he said, by the way, you're missing a tooth. Because, Mm. you know, all the baby teeth fall out. And I just never noticed that, like, this one didn't match that one. You know, Uh because everything just kind of, like, moved in where it did. Well, what do you mean that one? Because there's nothing there. No, 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 no. But they they, they were all together. Prior to the braces, but then she got the braces and like, we're going to have to move that back to match right, up to right, its right. cohort. It's like, that one shouldn't be there. That right. one should be there. Because like, when her adult teeth came in, like, they just filled in that gap. Do you know that I had all my wisdoms and all my molars taken out all at once? Oh molars? What are you talking about your molars? My 12-year molar. They're called 12-year molar and your wisdom. So it's eight teeth. Eight. We're all extracted all the same time. <laughs> so, and my, my, uh, and my gums. But you look like you have you so many teeth. I, well, I, I had just so many Did teeth. Did you have an extra four teeth? <laughs> no, no, but they're back here, honey. So, 
these eight teeth that Jack, I'm sort of if I had here. four more teeth removed, I would look like a hobo. <laughs> like, like, I would look like I should be sitting on a freight train. You know uh, I mean? Yeah, well, it's true. Well, I have like a movie star head, so, you know, it's like, <gasps> what? Look, I'm looking at this photo of Beth Gill, and there's, it you can all see looks me. kind it's of like, I want to see how cute you were. I know that was like before I started like plucking eyebrows so, yeah. and like had so, like giant huge. So your canine came in exactly. to right. pretend to be that second mm-hmm. tooth. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. That makes sense. So then they pushed it with braces, and this left a gap. Right. And to then, give you the option of having. Right, a and tooth. they were like, "You can have an implant," and I was like a young kid, and I was like, "Oh, that sounds so scary." Or they were like, "You can mm. have a Maryland bridge, which is basically just a, a Maryland tooth, bridge? where they like, yeah, where they." It's like glued on either side. I'll get of the that, please. Oh, is it named after Marilyn Monroe? I don't know. I don't know. That is like the first question I would have asked, too. You're definitely not a gay bag. Probably all of Marilyn Monroe's teeth were just like taped glued. to those like molars and there was nothing else. She's like, Can just take ma- them all out. Can you imagine? That's I'm sure what they did in the old days. It was like, your teeth are crooked. We're just going to remove all of them and then we're going to give you a. Put porcelain um, things on it. Right, and just like stick them tape to the it. side. Yeah, ones. exactly. Just little tape and Vaseline will get you yeah. everywhere. Um, Sarah Mearns, by the way, did you see how, let's briefly, and then we'll come back to this. Sarah Mearns had posted a thing being like, my only correction from Alexi tonight was that I needed more hairspray. And I, I can't believe you miss all these things on social media. But you're moving. I'm not on my phone and all the so time. And so I just, neither am I, honey. Yeah, lies. I, I am not. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah, I'm not. I'm really not on my phone. Certainly not on Facebook. Facebook's well, like kind of dead. Nobody's on Facebook but except like, Alexi. Oh, queen, queen Jean. But she, and I posted Martha Graham used Vaseline. And I hope that Sarah starts using that's what Martha Graham would put in her hair, like oh, her primitive mysteries. I, I'll text just, her, I'll ask. Who, Martha Graham? Sarah. Oh yeah, ask Sarah, tell her to use some Vaseline. So anyhow, what so What's your relationship with the Graham company? Mine? Yeah. None. <laughs> None. That's a great question. I though. feel like they are missing something by not involving me. Yeah. Well, because they are. Well, yeah. It's I mean, a, you're like very, I met with your Janet. passion is something they could really work with. Oh, yeah. It would be helpful for them, I'm sure. But, um, you know, I met with Janet back in the day. We talked. She was, I was like, you know, a real turning point for me in theater and everything was Cave of the Heart. And she was like, you could make your own version of it. And then we'd show Cave of the Original and show your version with the four dancers if someplace curates you. And I was like, oh... So I would need to like do the work here. That's bizarre. To get this thing up and like, but you're like a huge company that I was like, whatever. I'm gonna. I'll just keep making my work. It's okay. But also the way I. Like, oh okay. You'll I, do that. If the I ever don't have any projects of my own that I want to do. I'll... <laughs> right. Totally. I'll right. Get back to you. <laughs> yeah. Totally. <laughs> if I'm all of a sudden just you know like bored or whatever. I'll write a grant for your giant company that everyone knows throughout the world. <laughs> I'm passionate about what Graham did for what, where we are now. And in terms of how that's going to translate to now, I, it's, you know, it's, it is what it is. Mm. So it's kind of, I can't, I'm not going to try and like fix some company when I'm trying to make my own. 
I'm sure they'll ask you to make a lamentation variation any day now. They I'll already like, have. I'll be like, I think I just did. I literally <laughs> yeah. sure did. That's, a really long one. As I watched it. But you it, know what? I've, that, so that was really not part of my consciousness while I was When you were making it. it mm-hmm. The first part, I mean, the first solo in particular. Yeah. Oh, is a lamentation variation. Yes. Like she literally. That's, what said. that's when I was watching, it was the first thing I said to Beth after the show, and I just said it like 20 minutes ago, feeling like this is the closest. I felt I've come to watching Lamentation in this time of what it was then, which was about grief. Right. And taking the body and turning it into sculpture. That's what Graham was doing with Lamentation. Mm. And this, and in the piece of Brand New Sidewalk, that opening solo of of these moments, except it's so quotidian, it is the sense of, like, exhaustion, of grief, of, like, removing articles of clothing and sitting in your apartment and turning into will you, sculpture. Will you say the name of the lighting designer? Because we couldn't remember. Thomas Dunn. Ah, oh, damn. So good. I know. Thomas is, Thomas is brilliant. You, all, you work Thomas with all the brilliant really... ones. Remember that piece you made at the kitchen with Joe? Yeah. And the lighting was so crazy that I was, I thought I was seeing a magic show. Because of the mirrors? Yeah. Oh, because of the mirror It was looked like ghosts were like swirling in the air at the beginning. Did you get to see Eleanor and Eleanor read? No. That was Joe too. Uh, But also the set was by, there was those arcs were by that straight guy who's so hot. What's his name? Jeff. Oh, Jeff. What's his last name? Larson. Oh, he's so Mm. hot. I always, I always was like, Jeff will be a guy who I'll make out with eventually. That's like a straight guy that eventually will. <laughs> oh, God. oh, we didn't because I just, I forgot. Mm. Beth, when are you going to get your tooth? Okay. Ugh, back to the tooth. So, <laughs> wait. Are really you going to get though, a gold one with so a diamond what, on but it? So what happened is I had this fake Marilyn Bridge thing. You did? For like 13 years. Mm-hmm. Oh. So that had a tooth there. Exactly. Uh-huh. Fast forward, uh-huh. I'm working at Diner, and... I don't know if Reed knows that you used to work as a oh, waitress, waitress, and that's how you paid yeah. for, like, all of your work. Everybody, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. I was a caterer. Um, <laughs> and I took my clothes off. Anyway, <laughs> my tooth, my tooth, like, fell out. Uh-huh. And at work. At work. And broke. What, did you, was well, there were multiple, did you bite like, into kind of something? hilarious stories about it falling out. Falling in people's a... burgers, falling in people's soup, being like, wait a second, where's my tooth? And someone being like, ow, what's this? Jesus Christ. <laughs> kind of almost. But, um, <sighs> yeah, because there was this whole period once it actually fell out where I was like, glue it back in. And then. Yeah. So you didn't lose it. it. You didn't out. swallow it or anything. <clears throat> no, but eventually it did fall out in a way. Eventually it did fall out in a way where. I bit into it and broke it. And mm-hmm. then I was like, now what do I do? Because you were broke and like making dance. Like yeah. Like your downtown. And right. so then I was like, oh, I just don't wear it. And that was many years ago. Mm-hmm. And so now you're getting a really permanent crown. Yeah, I'm getting an implant. Affixed it, onto that post. Yeah. And is it going to be gold with a diamond B on it? Okay, so let's talk about that because I feel like that everyone is, says that. I don't. Well, it's because it's what we thought you were going to do. But I, I don't know why. I think it was, well, me and Heather Lang. But doesn't that so seem that like that would be that me so. And Heather would think that. No, just get a tooth, Beth. Get yeah. a tooth. I think you should just get a be tooth. Be a grown I tooth. I am going to just get a tooth. There was a time when I was like, oh, maybe I could get like a really cute little diamond <laughs> oh my, yeah. in it. Well, yeah. you can still glue one on for and then I was temporary. Like, right. 
And I was like, yeah, but I don't for have the money holidays. for a diamond. Yeah. What am I talking about? I yeah. can you imagine? You just have to sit there with your mouth open for when a while you while the epoxy dries. <laughs> when you get your MacArthur, you can get a diamond grill oh, like Madonna. Oh, my God. Oh, God. I'm Well, I'm sorry. It's hot in here. I was making food. It's that, good. I'm, I'm good. Beth, good. were you making dances when you were NYU, or were they just forcing you to make dances? No, I was making dances. Was making I, was, I, I was making dances when I was, like, 12. Were they austere? The first dance I made was about a hun- four hunters and a deer. I was literally in a dance by Christopher Williams. That was about <laughs> a hunter and a deer. Three hunters, three dogs, and a deer. I was uh-huh. the deer. Yeah, that's true. That's you should. How did the deer well, do Beth in grew your up, dance? Like, did Beth the, grew was up the deer with Christopher Williams. a lot? Like, was it fine? It was actually. I was a baby deer, and I was trying to protect my mother. So at the beginning, I'm mm. nursing from her. She's a puppet, and then mm. she goes away. And then the hunters come to try to get me, and they end up sticking an arrow through my hand. And then I do this whole sad adagio solo for like seven minutes with an arrow in my hand. Oh, yeah. I saw it. I screamed I in it. Was... Oh, really? Yeah, I made noises like you deer sounds. Scream, I was like, like ah. well, no, I did that. But then it, the part where they put the arrow in my hand, I like had to go bleats? like deer like... scream. I, I vaguely remember that. You can that. watch it on YouTube. I also really remember Jonah looking at me while you guys would do the court dance mm. thing. Jonah would like look With at Halo's. me and laugh. Jonah Beaucaire? Yeah. It he was, was in this, the show too. He was, was in it too? Everybody I mean, every was in it. Every dance was Can I list all the people who were in it? You're going to love this, Beth. Stuart. Oh, God, Stuart was in it too. Stuart was Is in this it. the one where they were, somebody was a bear? Oh, no, that was Cirque. The Christopher, okay, that was okay. before. Okay. Yeah, someone was a bear. Stuart was in it. Luke Miller was in it. Um, Ramel Salvron was it? Are these the? Is this the same? There's some amazing wolf costumes that he made. Different pieces. Okay, sorry. Yeah. This is just about saints. Okay, this okay, is okay, about yeah, the okay. saints. So Dylan Crossman guys. was a dragon with um, Glenn. Glenn. There you go. What's from Cunningham? He's also a drag queen. Oh, Shastakola. Yeah, Shastakola. As good as I can. <laughs> he has twins go. now. Um, I'm sorry, what? Yeah. Wait, babies. They, they, they yeah. adopted? I think they made him. He and a woman. But wait, wait. Right, I know. But he's gay. Sure. Okay, so but so him and kind of like Stephen Petronio and exactly what was her name? Uh huh. Susan Klein. I did it. Oh Alden. God, I really had to like. Reach really? Back That's how they all do the it. Wally do Cardona and some lady. You yeah. knew that about Susan and Steven, didn't you? Mm-mm. They had that child, and Mm-mm. then Barbara Mahler was like the other mom, and then there was like the split between Susan and Barbara, and it was like chaos. Right. And then Reed and I would go and take like Klein and hang over her legs, and there'd be like a right. new Chihuahua. Every are you, oh my god! Are you guys gonna post all of this? Like on the show? Show? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Why? <laughs> like, it's okay. I mean, this is what's it, going on. Glenn Rumsey. Glenn Rumsey. Okay. Okay. Chris, 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 Chris Elam, Charlie Scott, Chris Green. Wait, that Charlie is so Scott. many. Remember 17. David so Parker, hot. Gus Solomons. Oh I go God. on and on. That's really fun. The little guy was it who fun? moved to Europe. Julian Barnett. Remember Julian Barnett? I love We're all in love with She lives in Europe now. I mean, he's straight, but she. But I, feel I think like he moved back. I think so, oh, really? too. Oh, really? I saw yeah. a photo of him the other day with Jocelyn, and I was like, how does she look like that? What does that mean? She's so beautiful. It's insane. They're both so oh. beautiful. They're gorgeous. Yeah. Yep. Okay. And they're so sweet. 
I know, they're nice. Nice people in the dance world, hard to find. Not mm-hmm. true. Not in this room. What are you talking There's about, There's so Reed? many nice people. They're, the mean ones are few and far between. I guess you're right. Actually. I am right. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I guess Allison, I thought about how much I love running into everybody except two people. Yeah, exactly. Um. <laughs> so you're making dances about hunters and deers in your living room, and then... You get into NYU. <laughs> and then she but I didn't. sent one of the videotapes of that to NYU. No. <laughs> she got in. No, I was, I didn't get into school. Wait, I what? was rejected. <laughs> or waitlisted at every school I applied to. Uh-huh. Which were? Which were basically only schools here in New York City. Juilliard and yeah, NYU. Juilliard, NYU. Purchase? Purchase. Purchase rejected me. Wow. Mm-hmm. Not me. So then you went, but, so then you applied again, you got into NYU? So I went to Ailey for a year. Oh, okay. Fordham. Yeah. Uh-huh. Cool. And then you applied to NYU and got in. Yeah. Uh-huh. Did you ever take class with, because I took back to Graham, I used to take Graham at the studio on 60, when I was on 63rd Street, and I would go out, and there's this tree, she talks about blood memory, and I'd like hug it, and be like, Martha, tell me what to do. <laughs> and then, and then I studied with Kun Young Lin at Perry Dance, and I also studied with, gosh, she's like, she branched off and did her own company. She talks like this, though she's from Minnesota. Jacqueline? Jackie Buglisi. Did you ever take Graham with Jackie Buglisi? No. Oh wow! Yeah. She, she I thought was she does. I was. She used to teach at the. Ailey you mean school. at Ailey? Yeah, at Ailey. Yeah, yeah. but no, no, she no. taught Graham. I was, like, at I was Ailey. like in like a, you know, pre beginner like classes there. Wow! Mm-hmm. I was in the advanced classes. I was in the <laughs> <laughs> Maya across the floor and doing backfalls. Everybody, <laughs> send in your letters. Um, so, you were doing. You were basically like being a baby dancer, like learning. Technical foundations Wait, in New Beth, York. Wait, where are you from? I farted. Wow. farts have begun. Wow, Reed, you really did. Well, generally Reed burps during, during this. I'm sorry, so, I told. I warned the audience. I just want the audience to know I'm so happy right now. Are oh, you? Mm-hmm. Even though you're hot, isn't it hot? Don't you feel it hot? It is hot. I, I can give you a tank top at any point if you want it. I have tank tops. Her dress no, is nice so major, you guys. So it's a gorgeous dress. She got it in Philadelphia. It's from a company called... <sighs> Uh, revisited. Please send us gifts. Revisited um, from Philadelphia. This <laughs> podcast has been brought to you by Revisited. This if they send day. us gifts. Okay. Um, wait. Okay. So where'd you grow up? I grew up in Westchester. Oh, okay, Richie, not far. rich, rich. I Purchase know, well, Kind of. Oh. <laughs> no, not me personally, but yeah. That is area Westchester is. a rich place? Yeah, yeah it can be. Uh huh. Although I feel like where I gr- I grew up in Yorktown Heights, which is. Moon Pizza, which is 20 minutes north, uh, or and about you have your 20 beer. minutes Don't north. Don't forget your beer. Oh, you have a pizza and a beer, and we're talking. Mm-hmm. My mom grew up in Westchester. What part? Peekskill. Oh, yeah. I grew up 10 minutes from Peekskill. Mm. Peekskill is not Richie Rich. Oh, no. My right, mom right. is from, I've like, been to Peekskill the trailer. for some reason. But I'm just saying that to say... Did um, you say my mom is from underneath the trailer? I said mom's from the trailer. Oh, okay. Work. I think there are... I think Westchester is... I think there are really affluent parts of Westchester mm. like Chappaqua where the Clintons live you know <clears throat> and then there are these other pockets that are not like that mm. so you grew up in Westchester so not far from this do you have siblings I do how many two I'm the middle oh you're the Jan mm-hmm. and you're like I just want to make dance <laughs> <laughs> what is your what does your older sibling do my brother I hope you're like well one's a doctor one's a lawyer okay he's he's very successful and what does he do uh, he lives in Seattle, total, um, Silicon Valley kind of style 
tech tech wizard. Wait, what did you say about Seattle? He's like, you were like, he lives in Seattle. He goes, boring. And then like, (laughs) sorry. And then like laughed hysterically to herself while then I started laughing. I lived there for two years. Oh. So she doesn't live. So he does. Okay. Super successful. And now he is, he's actually, he's working for Nordstrom, but he, what he does. Yes, but Mm -hmm. it's not, no, not, don't get too excited. I mean, it is very exciting and cool what he does, but it's, it's in. Do you get a discount? He does tech. (laughs) But do you get a discount from Nordstrom? No. Then I don't care. You're right. And what is your... Do you have a sister then? Is it brother? I do have a sister. So boy and girl. And what does she do? Um, my younger sister right now, she just graduated. I really wanted you to say she cries by a river. No. I don't know why, but that's what I thought you might say. Um, my <laughs> sister got a PhD in oh, engineering. Jesus Christ. Yeah. It's a real family of overachievers. Um, and well, you have gotten you're no plenty of grants. <laughs> you have tell me what you really feel that you have gotten a lot of grants that you've stolen all I his grant actually. money. You, I can't believe that you got that Guggenheim when I didn't apply. <laughs> what? I said, how did you get that Guggenheim over Girl. me who didn't apply? <laughs> what grants have I got? I got NDP once. Fierce. What's and that? Guggenheim. National Dance Project. Which Guggenheim. I'm not saying that's nothing. And but I'm just you got that weird one that you just get awarded. You don't apply. Right. What's the Doris Duke? Yes. You just got one, right? What's it called? I got oh. the Financial for Contemporary Arts grant. But haven't you gotten an FCA? I have. So okay, so here's oh, some other like, grants. I only got two. Yeah, but I, like, got I only got two. Well, I, I only got two, but I also got awards. Grants are different than awards. Yeah, you can't set that far back, Jeremy. It's driving Jeremy. Okay, I'm sorry. I know. He's like. Up the Christian wall. Okay, sorry. Um, yeah, he's like, <clears throat> lean in, dance queen. Though you're not like a, you're not a quiet. It's just that you're back and reading there is shrieking while leaning over the mic. Wait, Beth, I wanna. I have a question. I have oh, a question. Okay. Question. So now that. we know about your siblings, okay, your retrievers, Westerners. Um, when you got to college and started making work, when you look back now, yeah, what is the what is the trajectory? Have things kind of like become more and more minimal or like space like what's the trajectory how do you arrive where you are okay um short synopsis do whatever you want yeah totally i feel like i'm so happy you're here i think (laughs) that the if i look at the works that i was making when i was right out of school Mm -hmm. um like probably the first work that i showed uh was a work that um so miguel had curated me into a food for thought i was there yeah i saw it did he know you from school well he was dating neil Neil. at the time okay but the most important part about that work is that jack was there yes okay (laughs) well what's crazy is that like i have well, Jack was so also your work. Jack was on the rooftop, rooftop piece thing, which was a little. I saw this piece so you're like oh. I saw this piece on the top of a roof in Bushwick, and it was like Eleanor Bauer, Heather Lang, and Beth Gill and Hannah Sponberg. Wow. I okay, who's but that? I'm just saying she was our friend. We but all went to NYU together. She's still here. Where does she? Does but she she's not. Dance? She's not making dances okay, right now. Okay. But she's she's fierce. She's amazing. Um, but yeah, we were totally naive and. Our senior, you know, our final year at NYU, we were like, we should put on a show, <laughs> you yeah, know, and that's yes. what we did, and it was, 
I don't this know. This is the rooftop thing. This is the rooftop thing. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, so we did that. But yeah, so the you know, just to get back to your question, I feel like the work I was making at that point was the work of someone who was really confused about issues of uh, like vocabulary and style. Mm. Like I didn't really feel I I understood that everything I was learning in school that there was this, you know, you could kind of like track these notions of vocabulary and like style um, through almost like as lineages that were, yep. you know, and, um, and I didn't feel interested in, in being absorbed into any of those mm-hmm. kinds of like places or strains, but I also didn't feel my relationship to dancing is not, it's pretty fraught. So it's not, I, I don't feel, um, like a, passionate mover you know Mm -hmm. i'm not like one of those people that like has to move to kind of like feel good (laughs) so i think that that is clear in your work (laughs) and that's something that i really love okay and i mean i don't sometimes you know i mean i think i have a lot of shame and like kind of insecurity about that or i did definitely growing up and but regardless for whatever reasons I think the way that I dealt with that, I don't think any of this was conscious, is that I just really was making kind of like anti-dance, you know? Yeah. I was using bodies. So that piece you saw at that like Food TVs for Thought. and extension cords. Yeah, it's like a bunch of like women dressed in like basically like Lands End catalog clothing, <laughs> yeah. like moving like TV VCR units and like radios and like just extension cords. Cool. Like, you were 22, 21, 22. So. Yeah. And... Yeah. That was, that was like a whole, that, that lasted for a while. And I think what was happening at that point is, is in some ways it relates more to what you just kind of watched is how to behave almost more like an installation artist, Mm -hmm. like in a space and how to, how to start to work with, how to, I think I was really forming, um, an aesthetic for myself that was much more related to space and time than mm-hmm. it was to kind of the body itself. The bodies I was just using like a TV VCR unit or like an extension cord, you know, <laughs> they were just like other objects in right. the space. But were anyway, you, were you seeing other people's work at the time that was, that were inspiring you or informing your own work or was it kind of coming from outside of dance sources? I was seeing, um, I was seeing a lot of work at that time, partially because I don't know, I really don't know how this happened, but when we were at NYU, we didn't see anything. And um, <laughs> That's incredible. It was incredible. I'm That's kind of a, like, really a disservice. That's your teacher's fault that well, they didn't I'm not going to go that go. far, but That's yeah. Okay. It's not, well, it's, and I don't know if it's the teachers of the but, school and in terms of, you know, like, in, I mean, it was even when... Like when we had Brie on, she was the only Juilliard student who saw Pina Bausch when it happened. Oh, she had to get through the snow. <laughs> but it's a different thing. Anyhow, go on, Beth. I was seeing stuff, but I think in terms of, I think in terms of things that were really that had that were influencing me, whether I knew it or not. Mm-hmm. I do think that Aiko and Coma was were an influence. Sure. I saw a video of theirs called Husk. Um, 
at the Bates Dance Festival years ago, which is this really like close frame, uh, sorry, um, yeah, this like tight, tight frame um, video. And you're just seeing Aiko with a bunch of like dried leaves on the floor mm. and it's really slow. And it's really about watching, for me, I felt like it was a lot about watching um, landscape and a sort of organic composition kind of emerging sort of inside of that frame. Um, But I guess the other thing is at that time, Terry was making a lot of, and I, I don't think I didn't have a lot of influence or I didn't have a lot of direct connection with Terry, but Terry O'Connor, Terry O'Connor. For those of you who are like Terry. But actually at NYU, (laughs) there were these two guys that were in, um, Chris Yan and Justin Jones were making work at that time right. and they Chris were two Yon. years older than me yeah, and yeah. they were actually very connected to Terry. So you mm. could see kind of Terry's at that time, Terry was making, I feel like he would go into universities and he would make these like huge large, you know, these like large cast ensemble pieces. Remember when he people, made point piece for NYU? Yeah. Like that, I just thought of that, of like going with Matthew to see point piece and being like, Wow. And I mean, but Terry also was dealing with idiosyncratic and, and ballet structures, for sure. But I think what I saw, I guess what, what trickled down to me, I guess from Chris and Justin, is I felt like they were <clears throat> they were creating these sort of... Um, uh, not very, like, virtuosic, uh, and yet also sort of spectacular, mm-hmm. kind of like environments some you know um that could kind of shift between feeling um really kind of dreamy at times to then feeling really sort of like utilitarian mm-hmm. um anyway i don't think that that i think that was one of a, the things what else trisha yeah yeah except and was that, that was with because of neil well, no, Trisha came, she set a work on our class at oh. NYU, which I wasn't in. Oh, <laughs> 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 Yay. Oh, oh, I have such, I have such so a good. good memory, too, of a thing that I'm going to bring up that I remember <sighs> talking about you with. I'm gonna, we'll, we'll have a moment of talking about audiences in a second because I have a memory of you and I in an audience that is so specific that I'm going to get to. I don't know. But, Exciting. Um, she it was, said 4A, 4A. Movement vernacular is very different. I can I'm see that connection. I'm not talking about like Maybe, but... that. But, and I would also say that there are things that I... like. There are things inside of pieces that I can see Trisha in in the same way that there are things that I have in my work that I can see things of Martha in. And that is sort of like... I just got confused. I'm lost. That's okay. Just listen. It's this thing of, like, how when you love something so much, it can go inside your body. Mm -hmm. And then it can... But I feel like It changes into something else. I feel like... Because you didn't dance for Trisha, and I didn't dance for Martha. No. And... I I think part of what happened we is should I make was a piece making, called Trisha and Martha. I don't want to do that. <laughs> <laughs> I think that no, where we take out an Ouija board and we ask them to come and speak through us. Okay, we'll do that, and then we'll hook 
the Martha Graham company, and we'll write the grant. We'll write the grant, obviously, because they're overwhelmed. And um, we'll, we'll have Martha Graham and Trisha Brown coming together, but no one can be in it but us. Mm. And we'll have an Ouija board, and that's the beast. <laughs> <laughs> um, I feel like what happened was I got bored with the fact that there was no dancing in my work. Mm-hmm. And then... Eleanor and Eleanor is that time period when I started to be like... I want to dance. Right. You Bauer know? and Houlihan? Well, no, just Houlihan. Mm-hmm. Oh. Just yeah. Eleanor and Eleanor. Just Eleanor it, and Eleanor. Yeah. It was originally in my mind going to be Eleanor and uh, Bauer, Bauer and Houlihan. Right. But Bauer... And it was that... Yeah. And I had seen... At that point, I'd seen the TV piece and I'd seen another piece of yours and then I remember Eleanor and Eleanor... And being like, oh, wow, this is... This is before the kitchen this show? This is good. Yeah. This is before the kitchen show, and it was... Oh, it was a split show with Daniel. Who's Daniel? Linehan. Is oh. that one that he spun on the floor yeah. for a long time? Yeah, it was the his spinning solo. dance. Uh-huh, the spinning dance. Great. Um, and I, I think remember... that's how Lindsay Clark knew you and brought me to the kitchen show from oh, the spinning from the spinning. splitville. And then after that, you went into your symmetry phase. <laughs> well, sure. yeah, but that actually started with Eleanor and Eleanor. Yeah. So oh. Eleanor and Eleanor, it opens with this duet between Eleanor Houlihan and Danielle Goldman, and they're doing like they're doing what Joycey and Kevin, uh huh, were they're doing a unison duet where they're in line with each other and they can't see each other uh-huh. except at that point. Um, what you're watching is not their precision and ability to be with each other, but rather the sort of like natural ebb and flow of them coming together. And then one of them, the cannoning that's happening. Mm, That sounds, that just made me like, so really, I remember remember watching it both. I saw it with Liz and we both turned to each other afterwards over and we were like, she's really good. (laughs) That's funny. Um, in the way that Liz and I, I would liked be like that piece. How? Yeah, but so that piece was the beginning of me kind of thinking about going into these. It was deeply psychological as well. These like, but these, it wasn't symmetrical. It was unison. No, there was. So there was a unison duet, and there was also a symmetrical duet, oh, and they were sharing the space. Oh, I see. So Kayvon and oh, Jay Alexander. Oh my God! Just this, like the way you describe it, I. Yeah. Wish I'd seen it. And yeah. Lars, Jeff Larson had made this kind of set, which really were these arches that was like yeah. an arch and another arch, yeah. and then it went up one more time and stopped. Yeah. Oh. So you would think it would be three arches, but instead it just stopped in space. Even just in its description, it's so clear and Correct. so beautiful. <laughs> yes. What a love fest. <laughs> well, it is a love fest. It's wonderful. I mean, I, have, I was so excited I, that you could do this. I've um, now since seen mm. the work. But, it, but, but I wanted to say but, that oh, only because I just wanted to... Exp- I feel like there was a seed that started there, and it really kind of came... It, it, it grew to its like full capacity with Electric Midwife. Mm-hmm. But, you know, there was also like that mirrored stuff in that you probably maybe don't remember but in the mirrored piece there was like Hannah Spongberg and K- my friend Katie Eastburn were these sort of terrifying like mirrored 
unison mm-hmm. women that came in like from the corners right. at times. Mm-hmm. Anyway, so it was like this theme that just kind of kept popping up. Jack stole it from you in Rumble Ghost. Oh. That's not true. That's totally fine. It's not my. I mean, you're that's the only the person like, who's ever done mirroring. So. No, I mean, and that. I mean, I think it was about sort of taking. Sorry, taking. You can just move it in. These um, tools, these like sort of dumb choreographic tools that were like taught. You know, and they're not dumb choreographic tools, but like unison no. and things like that. I mean, it's all dumb choreographic in the tools in the end, but if you apply them in like nice ways, then it's fun to look at. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I have a question about this unison duet from the latest piece, which sure. is like, how? Like, what yeah. is going on that allowed them to, to do, do that? that? Just like they're just so connect. Like, what's how? How are they doing it? Yeah. Um, and how much time did they spend working on it? So a couple days. Joycey Edwards and Kevin Botang, I met at ADF. At ADF. Not the summer you were there. Or yes, the summer you. No, not the I summer that we were there together. Joycey, by the way, is twenty. She's twenty. She's What's in Kevin school. Botang's background? I know him. Kevin is in Texas. You probably don't know him. Where? What's his back? Where did he come from? Texas. Hmm. Interesting. And then you met them at ADF, <laughs> and you and you worked with them there. I worked with them there. When you were doing the footprints? Yeah. Uh Uh-huh. And... That was the second summer. I just... I mean, they are remarkable dancers. They're incredibly intelligent. They are the kinds of dancers also who... There are some dancers that are just um, really remarkable at picking up material quickly. They have these kinds of, like, photographic computer brains, you know, and they can just... You know, so they were very envious of that. Yeah, they were great in the studio. They were. I was able to build, um, and sort of just be in on my own track, kind of working, and they would just catch everything. Everything. Wow, that was so, a pleasure. Yeah, so they were. So that was great. Um, and then the thing about them working together, it is really tedious work. Um, it's, we started, I think, in a place where there was this sort of triangulated relationship and I was sort of kind of holding and trying to direct us to organize around some sort of system to kind of keep them together. Um, I mean, what I can say is that it starts from me and... Um, you know, the material is coming from my body and the timings are coming from my body. And so there's already this layer there and they're already really good at like immediately copying that into their bodies and Mm -hmm. mimicking. So there's that, but the, how they stay together is really like, it's really sort of like the metaphor of a relationship. You know, they... It's feeling, yeah. and you can tell it. Like, it's it's the thing, something, too, that I really... And Stuart and I were talking. I When Reed and Stuart and Heather and I went to the beach this summer, and Stuart, we were... I was complaining about... I'm not complaining. I was like, uh, I think we got in the conversation of choreographers who have the dancers make a lot of the material. Mm-hmm. And Reed was like, well, that's just how a lot of people work. Mm-hmm. And then Stuart was like... He, I said, well, I don't. And so it was like, and neither does Beth. And it's very clear in 
watching your work and I think something that I've really loved as a maker is I can tell it's come from your body mm -hmm. and then I watch it through these other bodies and it it is the thing of I mean in Rumble Ghost and the thing for you and Brianna that unison dance I gave you no counts I did it all off of feeling and you two stayed in sync through the whole thing doing like weird mm. sculptures and arabesques with like claw hands at a certain but time we had we had tools in terms of like places where we could check in and mirrors and stuff, but the, these guys are not seeing each other. It's most really of the time. incredible. I mean, well, it was like are, a magic trick. The whole beginning, I think, is like a crazy magic trick because they, they, for real, legitimately in the beginning with all the arms, they don't see anything of each other. It's incredible. And also um, what they're wearing. And But I do want to say, I think there is that mysterious element of feeling or connectivity, but I also, what I was going to say about like the metaphor of a relationship is they do the work every time of coming back together and like they watch video and they really talk out their understandings of of what's happening, of what's happening yeah. and of wow. timing You're and so lucky to that have them. yeah well i have to say that that is something that we the we and and me as well like kind of cultivated over the process you right. know kind of i really i sort of in i i have learned that in that scenario where they are the primary relationship between each other it's better if i can actually step like the sooner i can kind of remove myself from that sort of policing kind of place mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and just be a point of um, inspiration and like and nourishing yep. that's better yep. than right. the kind yep. of like no 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 you know right that way they they feel compelled to do it themselves kind of yeah and I think also there is something to, we had to talk we kind of had to work through I feel like there are these the primary kind of relationship that often gets set up between a choreographer and a dancer is like that unfortunately feels like that parental relationship where it's about kind of like these feedings and strokings or mm. like these kind of mm. like no or like that kind of thing and I wanted to kind of move into a cooperative space you know early on as well um, with them but one of the things I remember this coming up a lot because of that because of the instinctual like um, desire to do good for the director and to have that be validated and confirmed like that happens inside of the dance world um, what I learned in Electric Midwife especially was how incredibly complicated and frustrating that can be when you're asking these two people to share a role and not just share a role but really negotiate rightness like mm. incorrectness like with each other like you no longer just have that territory for yourself and right. you kind of are the triangulated relationship is really it's it's hard it's really exhausting and um so yeah so it's been it's been cool for me like maybe part of i think what i was able to do with joyce and kevin really has to do with having started to work in that way like many projects ago and learning um, as a director like how to facilitate that kind of work 
better. What um, does and what does unison? I mean, it's not something that I've I've used some. I mean, the, the the primary one that I can think of in terms of unison mirroring certainly is from what goes, but and I know what it was for me in that psychologically. And now that, and I've seen it in a lot of works of yours, particularly in how the duetting between Stuart and Heather mm-hmm. in For the Desert, mm-hmm. is that what it was called? In For the Desert, yeah. Yeah, and then in Catacomb, mm-hmm. once they're starting to get to standing, mm-hmm. um, what is it for you? If you're willing to say, and you don't sure. have to. No, that's fine. I think what it, in, initially, for example, with Eleanor and Eleanor, what it started for me was that because I was personally making this kind of shift into like moving towards dance again, I kind of, I wanted to be able to see that choice. Mm. And I felt like the frame, the formalist kind of frame of using symmetry was allowing me to see the dance more than the like dancers, you know, if I just had an individual doing it. And so I, and, and also because that work in particular, there were these moments, especially with Danielle, where I was still using her very much like I had used the bodies in previous works. Like Danielle, just these objects. Which... Goldman. She's the, the first dancer in Brand New Sidewalk. Oh, okay, so okay. So she's right. in some of those earlier works. and um, she's, They're all tremendous. I mean, yeah. Maggie Cloud is yeah. like obsessed. But so I think it started from a place of you know, I remember there was this, there was this studio series that I did before Eleanor and Eleanor where I was making these little like minute and a half dance phrases, which for me were like the early experiments into like, not just choosing a pedestrian vocabulary, but starting to like move again. And I think what I was doing with those was similar I was doing, you know, I was like, do the phrase and then do like an exact retrograde backwards of it. And so it was really, again, this kind of way for me to frame dance inside of the dance. Which is something I think part or what I can really see for myself as a draw into why I love your work so much and why I was watching the work I so frequently wish that just so many more people could see it, especially outside of the dance mm-hmm. world, is because that, the way in which you're framing, because I see you use dance rather and use these principles of dance in the way that an artist now would use material. So the way that you use choreography is on it's not on a hierarchy to where you're also working with your collaborators in terms of color mm. form mm-hmm. lighting all of these things and to me that that is the kind of not only contemporary but certainly in this this time where I feel that we're becoming so cross discipline mm. uh, in a way that opens it far beyond the bounds of just capital D dance mm-hmm. And it's, I think, where I really, like in Catacomb, that was where I feel, because my my entry, my preferred entry points are through psychology and mm-hmm. the ways in which theater so mm-hmm. frequently can do that, though I end up hating most theater because it feels manipulative and 
like mm. trying to get mm-hmm. me to feel something. Mm-hmm. Whereas in dance, there's you have abstraction. So there's many, many, many things one can feel. Mm-hmm. And the way I see you use it is just, I love it. It's yeah. formally so brilliant that way. With a piece like Catacomb, do you know like how emotionally sort of impactful a work like that's going to be while you're making it? Is that an intention? Are you intending to like emotionally excavate or are you just sort of making making material and then putting it together mm-hmm. and then... For me personally. Right. Yeah. What's your In your process, did you understand that Catacomb was going that you were trying to make something that would be, that would feel tremendously personal? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so that, um, mm-hmm. yeah, Catacomb, I feel like the, the most authentic kind of seed that started Catacomb was this realization for me that, uh, I can do this, but it's like a bigger one, but that, um, I'm remembering us sitting outside of Variety while you're talking about this, talking maybe, about but, this, yeah. um, that I had been working under um, a, like influence, a trend, a kind of assumption, a draw towards conceptualism that I feel is really like it's like the the last like washings of. Uh, the conceptual like dance movement that started in Europe in like the 90s basically and you know I got out of school in the early 2000s and you know if I think back to what I'm remembering it's like some of the hot pocket or hot pocket hot some of pocket. the hot pocket some of the hot topic wait oh my god this um, is I know it's so intense what you're talking about so I can't wait for you to get out of there some of the hot topic you're coming out of school in the early 2000s. Well, do you 2000s. remember, for example, like when Gia wrote that article that like New York is no longer the center yes, and yes. like everyone like pooped their pants, like lost their minds, <laughs> like everyone went crazy. They really did. You know, and People they were like, were ah! so terrified. Yeah. Well, and, and also think, like, I gotta go, I gotta get to Brussels. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. And so I feel like there was just this like deep sort of and a lot of our peers did about right think of how many people beth that we knew that were like um i'm gonna get on that gravy train and like help me help me anna like just like off off to parts Mm -hmm. like help me and then it worked out for them it really did once they were there they did not return why would you and, but in terms of what you're talking about in this conceptualism, I think is so important. Okay, and, but that's and, only one of the things. Because then I think the other thing... Well, can, well finish, you can you finish the yeah, conceptualism yeah. thing that yeah, you're yeah. talking about? The last washes of conceptualism. Yeah, so I feel like the way the way I understood it here was this that... This is for going into catacomb. Yeah, was that... Right. I mean, what it was... What it undermined was the potential that you could walk into the studio and make a dance that didn't have any kind of research connected to it. It wasn't pursuing any like larger yeah. ideas. It didn't have any, and, and, but more than that, it's like potentially it was, it came from, um, an unconscious space, you know, an right. intuitive space. And that you, you could know, trust. Well, yeah. I mean, for me, and so I think 
at the before catacomb i was starting to like kind of see that more clearly and i and you know i totally was making dances when i was like 11 or 12 that i was just like there's a deer there's like four you know or whatever i was like telling stories or i was just like making choices and i think there was a purity or there what at least in my relationship to the process at that time and and earlier also when i was making you know those dancers dances where dancers were like moving objects and being objects those actually i think were really super like psychological works in that i think i was totally telling like weird ass stories by you know like when the girl emerges like in the upstage right corner and is like holding this thing like for me i think actually where that was coming from was probably like a very clear psychological place like i was how i understood space to be toned and colored Mm. was very much connected to psychology even though i think they appear very kind of like formal Mm -hmm. um but anyway so catacomb was kind of like this real before catacomb was sort of this realization and this kind of assertion for myself that i didn't want to be making dances like that that i felt like making dances is hard enough and like I want I you just reiterate because I think I mean in case people are listening and they've like blanked out because of how we're talking Mm -hmm. you didn't want to be making dances like what we can just say conceptual yeah I didn't Mm -hmm. want to be making dances that could be summed up in like two sentences which is what you could ask for one by any grant but now I'm kind of like catacomb is like a psychodrama and there's like one sentence you know but I do but I do think to really do it a service like it needs more yeah language like connected to it but actually that's the second part that i wanted to say that which was part of the realization had to do with just such a frustration and dissatisfaction with how in how like the dance making dances here and being in america be, in america specifically in, in new york in in america i think and it and being on like the teat of like the funding mm-hmm. circuit is means that you are like all of the f- like to pursue funding like you have to institutionalize like what you're making and you also have to conceptualize like what you're making and you have to kind of dress it up you have to brand it you have Mm -hmm. to like dress it up in like certain ways yeah and until you're really famous and then you can kind of do whatever you want maybe i don't know maybe yeah i think so like i think like yeah twilight tharp kind of just like she's like i'm gonna make another dance yeah you know no one's going to stop her. They're going to give her the space for it. Yeah, that's true. But there's something about... Um, I think there are ways to write about what you're doing and to still protect and preserve like your relationship to what you're doing. Yeah. But that's a lot of work, and that's hard to do at such an early stage. And yeah. so often what I think ends up happening is you start talking. It's like... It's like before the babies like even you know like you 
Right. Like, that's the like, system. I've, I've gone, I've gotten the thing, it's going to be a boy, I'm naming him Joel. Yeah. Um, here's Joel's Instagram account, and yeah. the brand <laughs> for Joel is going to be beige. Right. And the reason I'm exploring beige is I love couches. Do you know Jennifer Convertibles? They're my sponsor. You know, it's like, <laughs> in this way that is not dissimilar than how I'm... I frequently feel I have to write about my work when it comes to the grant cycles, which I don't get grants because I end up all of a sudden it corrodes as I'm, even though I feel my pieces, there's text, so it should be easy and there's like this narrative, but then there's all these questions that I'm asking inside of it, which funders don't want to hear because they're like, but, but like, Mm. what is it, Mm. you know? And it's like, well, it's a lot of things and I'm in process. Yeah. And so I think that what's what is so beautiful, especially in these last two works that I can really see is I can see how much time and space that is so I can imagine painful you've allowed yourself. But like painful this in an exquisite one, way. This last one wasn't like that at all, partially because I mean this last one I was It just flowed. Well, no, I just didn't. I just had a really short time frame to make this piece, like, Ugh, and good. so people have too much time to make things. Less maybe time. I don't know. So I, I, I didn't really have a lot of How space to like. Well, because I finished Catacomb, and then I was doing. I started working on this in last fall, and it premiered in May. Great. That's plenty of time. Well, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, but also I, I love a like 16 rehearsal process, figure it out. That's really? not, I haven't had that in a long time. Oh That's God. how I had to make I my early work. I don't make my work that way now, but back in the day well, and then sometimes. Yeah. I mean, light night, bright light. We Ugh. made really fast. Night light, bright light. We made so fast and I love that piece. It's great. And I really... But I will say I was so frozen during it at one point because I just done Champ where I had like all this money, all this time, an installation. I was like, I'm in the museum, I'm in a theater, da 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 da. And then right after it, I was like, I should just go for it and make another piece right away with half the box office was Mm. what my fee was going to be. So I don't, because I remember early on when I started making work, Roseanne Spradlin saying to me, well, every each time you do a show, people are going to want to be bigger and like fancier. And I remember thinking, I can't let that happen because then I will it'll dictate that will dictate the work instead of the work I I need to make. Mm-hmm. And the work I need to make also will need to consider the time I'm in. And if the time is like falling apart and crazed, I I. I what am I going to do? Like do live feed video and have like diamonds falling on the stage. <laughs> like, you know, does that make sense? It does make sense. And I think, uh, I think I've noticed different kinds of like contradictions in myself. Like, in, because there, there is this way in which that did feel like a real revelation for me that I wanted to, I wanted to imagine and dream a dance up from a part of me that didn't feel like it was so about like an al- like a certain kind of analysis. Yeah. And actually, I feel like what ended up happening is it really came out of psych- psychoanalysis, psychoanalysis, basically. Yeah. And that all felt true. But at the same time, I do I have noticed that like I feel like every artist actually does thrive off a certain 
relationship to constraint. And so like certain constraints are really productive Mm. and having some choices, you know, I mean, we very much culturally live in, what is it like Barry Schwartz, like paradox of choice. Like when everything is open, you become kind of like paralyzed, you know? So being able to kind of parameters, yeah, Yeah. have some parameters is good. And I think a lot of the time it's like, you, you know, wheel and deal and you like make a deal with a presenter and then you're like, okay, it's going to be there, you uh-huh, know, and right. like, you know, the space and you right. know, that kind of stuff. Oh yeah. I'm just putting it out there. I'm doing, I'm, I'm going to be at Lincoln Center. Really? Just kidding. No, can you imagine? That's so funny. I just wanted to make a joke. <laughs> <laughs> Today, Harry and I were having a conversation about, um, how do you keep yourself, how, how do you like... What is discipline in our lives and what are the things that matter and like mm-hmm. how do we like how do you prevent yourself from eating certain things and stuff like that? And it was kind of just like, well, don't have them. You know, that she's really You're probably so disciplined. I have a lot of discipline in yeah, certain ways good. and not in others. Like I can't make myself exercise really, but I can clean my I can like organize boxes in my house for hours and hours and hours. You know, like things like that. I could do that too. Yeah. I so yeah, yeah, like I can't, I just, every time like something about discipline comes up and I remember everything I haven't done, I think of all the emails I haven't returned and then I haven't paid my quarterly taxes. I also then remember how like I haven't gone to my P.O. box in a while, but then there's these other things that I'll What like, happens if it gets too full? Um, what happens is I open my P.O. box and I have to kind of like tug out things one at a time and they rip and then sometimes something will drop behind, behind it in the back. Yeah. And then I'll be like, can someone help me? <laughs> and, um, and no one does. So then I just come back to it maybe like next month and um, see what happens. Um, on wow. discipline, we need to start wrapping it up. Okay. Beth, what are How you... can people see your work that we've talked about, A of all? Well, if oh I just... I don't have a website. Do you have anything on yeah. YouTube? Or so it's really great because I just had a... St- I just sent Catacomb to one of my students. Catacomb yeah. is on Vimeo. Yes, Wonderful. on the Chocolate Factories. At the site. Chocolate Factory. Yeah. I mean, I... I love watching it there for singing style, but it's beautiful. I think at ADF Factory. has a video on Vimeo of Brand New Sidewalk as well. Oh, they great. do? Oh, I great. So. so you guys, Brand New Sidewalk, Catacomb, Vimeo. Here's the thing that I'm going to say that I can imagine with Brand New Sidewalk. There's something in watching yeah. Catacomb at Chocolate Factory where I, I watched it from start to finish. Yeah. I didn't stop the video and because it's a small space. Brand New Sidewalk, because we're dealing with proscenium and really dealing with time and 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 sitting and the way that you almost crystallize time at places in it which is a feeling experience which is what's so great is that it i was like yes you still have to go see things mm-hmm. you can't just sit mm-hmm. it i always i would mm-hmm. like you know read and i just want to stay home and watch movies but what's so great about going to performance is when it does the thing. It does something that nothing else can do. No. Jack had come off of seeing a show that made him upset, and I, I texted him after I saw your show, and I was like, "You must." And it's like you, I mean. And then he, the next day, he texted millions of texts yeah. about okay. having <laughs> cried and being so effusive. Well, and the thing about <coughs> the crying part is, I felt, you know, that the you know, as Ralph, I was saying how Ralph Lemon called them the Black Twins. When they got to that skipping section mm. on those bodies in something that had that is a, an icon of like something that you do as a child, mm-hmm. it is devastating. Mm-hmm. It's 
if you're keyed into the world, I think it's hard to not feel something in there from that. Mm -hmm. As well as whether you intended to or not, there's iconography of like arms up and all these things. Yeah. Great. Yeah. And I assume that you knew. Yeah. So all of those ways in which you dealt with things politically abstract in abs- and the great thing that abstraction can do is it can make you feel the essence of the thing hence abstraction so to feel i mean i was also do you think people i mean because mostly i've just been i don't know i i've yet to like really have a conversation with people did ralph about get it that I haven't... T- I mean, I'm sure... He's another person we should have on the podcast as someone else I'm obsessed with. I love we him so totally much. You should totally have him. Um, be, I mean, I got it, but also I think here's the thing of why I wanted this piece to be seen by many, many, many people is what you were talking about in terms of conceptualism, granting structures, branding, all that stuff, and where I think that can sometimes make dance only put like one lens on it. I think that's the thing that's exciting to me about your work and that how it could open up to many people is I think they might see that. Mm -hmm. So it's just keep making the work. What's next? Do you know what you're doing next? A hideous question to ask anyone who just closed a show. I do. What is that? I am going to do the quadrille. Uh Right. Lars curations. Uh He told me. Mm-hmm. Do you know what you're? Do you know who's in it? I don't know anything. You else. haven't. Uh huh. When is it? When are you slated for? I think it's fall 2018. Fall. That's so a Joyce. year. That's your first From Joyce. right now. Yes. Wow, the Joyce Beth. Look at you. The Joyce Beth, you done it. <laughs> um. Uh, well, I can't wait to see it. Uh, uh, you know, the last as I I think I said this earlier. I did I tell you I had it was under a minute, but I had this experience. I think it was when, I think it was in the first solo, where I was like, I want to be in Beth's work. <laughs> I haven't felt that ever, in terms of watching someone's work. It then it went away because I was like, that's okay, but that I had the feeling, meant a lot to me, and I hope it means a lot to you. It does. <laughs> Maybe you'll be in her quadrille. Can you imagine? I wouldn't want to talk. I would want to do what it is. Well, I'm going to let turning. that. When they Maggie, are turning. Also, when Maggie took the wig cap off, oh my God. full tears. Wait, full you tears. have to see. I'm also, when she you... did this, I was like full, 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 full. Well, you might want to. Did you meet my therapist? No, I didn't. We... Did I pay for his ticket? Because I have money to give you, or did he oh, pay for it? I don't it? remember. Don't, it doesn't matter. But he so, loved it, by the way. Good, he wrote good, me good. after. I sent my therapist. Mm-hmm. I'm going to send you a video because Kevin did an imitation. Like, Kevin... That imitation of me? Of Maggie's solo. (laughs) That is so amazing with basically like a deli plastic bag like on his head. And it's so good. Like when he takes it off and it just falls to the ground. Send it to me, please. Was he wearing a wig so he had all the hair or just mine having all that hair? Um, I loved them. They they are so incredible. And... um, I, I loved the show. You, we told you where you can see it. You can write to us on what's going on with dance and stuff. Instagram. Um, Instagram. Stuff. You can find Beth Gill on Instagram and look at images and find everything you can about her online. Don't bother Obviously, with Facebook fans. unless you want to yet again read uh, another 
backwards comment from Alexei Ratmansky. <laughs> Just wow, Sarah's, um, we already talked about we it. We really, we love our listeners. Please keep listening. It's late at night and I gotta go home. It's late at night. Reed's gotta go Thank home. You. So this has been brought to you by Lyft. Please start sponsoring us, Lyft, <laughs> and give us lots of free rides. Amazing. Oh well, God. maybe it'll happen. Love you. Night. queen. As we say goodnight, let's listen to John Maniacci's beautiful score from Beth's new piece, Brand New Sidewalk. <laughs>